Welcome to the Clubhouse with Mark Allen. Right around Australia, let's talk some golf. All thanks to Is My Golf. Jump online, register for free. It's Facebook for golfers and quite simple. You jump on, you keep track of your score, everyone else's score, and you could win a trip to the 2014 Augusta Masters. Ismygolf.com, jump on, and you might be going to Augusta with this man, Mark Allen. Head on, Marco. Unfortunately, why? I'm a little under the weather. <laughs> I'm still getting past someone's 59 uh, last week that uh, has really disappointed me. The more we see him play well, the more Dang. young people will know. try to copy what he's doing. Well, it's a disgrace. You know what? I'm talking I, about Jim Fury. I know you are, and he should have shot a 58 for a start. 57, three probably yes, but I, I'm finding it very hard to agree with you. Because he is playing great golf. And, and and it's a concern, but maybe it's the way of golf forward. I don't know which was more impressive. The fact that Jim Furyk <laughs> shot a 59 with a three putt or the fact that he finished under five hours. All I can say is his playing partners must have been very quick. Were you, were you hoping, and while you're watching, which I'm mm-hmm. sure you were, were you hoping that he really just crashed and burned the last couple and shot a 61 or two? No, in all seriousness, I was cheering for him. Because <laughs> you, know, you, you love, you love, not, seeing, you love seeing history. You I'm love seeing history. That. You want to see history. I love seeing sporting history. There's yeah, nothing like it. I agree. And for him to become the number six person on that tour who has shot 59, it's sensational. It really is for golf. But they've got to clamp down on this bloke. He's got to play faster. And you know what? In the last round, when he needed something special, he went back to the uh, slower style of play and shot even par when Zach Johnson and uh, Dustin Johnson when you know, they shot five under and a six mm-hmm. under, I think, and slid past him, Jim Furyk, you know, it just doesn't work. When you give yourself that much time to think about shots but when you're under pressure... But it works for him, Marco. No, it doesn't work for well, him. He just shot a 59. Haven't you been watching the majors lately? Yeah, Every I time have. he gets a chance in a major, he fails. But maybe... And it's because he takes so much time. Now, when you're under no pressure, mm-hmm. when there's no pressure in rounds one, two, and three, oh. no pressure for All these right. guys, right? Because okay. they, they get used to the pressure. It's like you talking on radio, you know. If people who are listening today came and for the first time tried to do a show like you did, they'd be watching their words. They wouldn't know what they were doing, blah, 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 blah. It's it's, it's okay. But you've built up to this level now to where you're probably not nervous at all when you go on radio. It's the same with tour players. It's the same with people in any aspect of life. I mean, if you have to get up at work and speak in front of your employees or perspective, you're trying to sell something for the first time, you get nervous. But if you do it over and over and over, then you get used to that situation. Jim Furyk in rounds one, two, and three, he's used to it. And his technique, as far as his pre-shot routine is concerned, works for him. But under the heat, the heat, when there's pressure on to win a tournament, time and time again, this doesn't work. Now, it's if you give yourself too long, Maybe Too he's long just to think about enough, what you're Marco. trying to do. Maybe he's just not good enough to win a major. We are seeing him leading majors. He's yeah. already won a major. He's won the US yeah, Open. So he's shooting 59. So yeah, I know. I, I understand what you're saying, yeah. though. We're talking about now, not 2003. Yeah. when he won. Time. It was a, 10 years ago. Yeah, when he won the US Open. Yeah, I've Remember it. who came second? No. An Australian bloke called Stephen Laney. He did too. Yeah. So that's a long time ago. Things were working for him probably then. And he, I think he did get up to number two in the world. So, you know, he's got a... Dodgy technique, but he's still one of the best players we've ever seen. But I'm telling you, when you spend that much time behind the golf ball in a pressure situation, one, you think you're doing the right thing by sticking to Mm -hmm. it. But two, if your pre-shot is a joke, and Jim Furyk's is, then under pressure, 
you will fail. And his is failing. And I'm happy to say that. It's incredible the golf he plays in rounds one, two, and three. Very, very talented man. But he has to do something to get over this line now because he hasn't won, you know, he's not winning like he should for the golf that he plays. And he's certainly been in with a chance in a number of majors in the last three or four years and has failed time mm. after time after time. I, I agree with that. I'm just I'm just not sure. He he would know his game better than anyone else. Yeah, he, he, he would. He would assume, or we I've got I assume yeah. that Jim Furyk thinks getting the best yeah. out of himself is taking yep. that long. I don't And what he'll tell us, what yeah. he'll tell us is if you answer our call, but you've upset him. Rounds one, two and three, yeah. I need to do that to get into position. And do you reckon in a, in day four yeah, well, he should quicken up. Yeah, I think I think yeah. he needs Look, to. I needs he needs to get more rhythm in his pre-shot. Watching him play, watching him, he makes golf look hard. And the best players in any sport, what they do, they make the game look easy. He's making the game look hard, and that's what's bringing him down when the pressure is on. Ismygolf.com, check it out, register, and if you shoot a fifty-nine, you can throw it on there, and the whole world yeah. would know. Ismygolf.com. Tell me one athlete who's in sport, you're a sports yeah. broadcaster. I, one of the be. best in the world who makes it look hard. Are you talking I'm one of the best Any. in the world? No, oh. we're talking about sports makes people. Makes it look hard. Make Have it you look got hard. A, one, a, someone who's in the top five of their sport and they make it look hard? I, I agree. I agree with what There's you're not saying. many. It, well, there's probably none. There's, there'd be a couple maybe. Uh, See, Jim Furyk's in that situation. Do you watch him? Yeah. If you're sitting at home on the couch, you feel better about your golf game because you every single swing is different. Yeah, you do. And yeah. I, think, I honestly think... People watched last week, and Jim Furyk actually yeah. looks like just a normal yeah, bloke right. hitting around at your local club. I'll give you another example. Kevin Nah, he makes the game look hard. Mm. He thinks too much. Keegan Bradley, I tell you, he's starting to make the game look hard. He won a major in his first try in the majors. He won that USPGA first player to do uh, it with uh, an anchored putter. He now makes the game look hard. You, you look at you look at a pre-shot routine from Keegan Bradley. When he won that, uh, when was that? Probably 2011, 11. I'm guessing. 2012, perhaps. Yeah, no, 11. One of those. Yes. You look at his pre-shot routine from back then to now, he made the game look so hard. You know what golf does? These and, days. And it's, what it's professional right. golfers do that the rest of the world, or the rest of the sporting world don't do, they seem to panic, Marco. They oh. seem to panic if they don't get a tournament win or they don't play well in a major in a row. So, so look, Tiger Woods is the perfect example. Yeah. He was the best golfer on the planet. He was killing everyone, had a little slip up or tried to change his swing, yeah. and he spent the next eight or nine years trying to change it. Yeah. Keegan Bradley, who burst onto the scene, as you just spoke about, he had a bit of a down patch, bit of a form slump. All of a sudden, he tries to change everything. Golfers, for some reason, unlike the rest That's of the world, happens. seem to panic more than anyone else. That's what, what happens is, and, I, and this is it's interesting you bring this up, in right. golf, because you have time to think about yeah, it's true. what is happening before you perform your chosen skill, golf golf mm. is big on this. And sometimes when you're a golfer and you're, and you're playing poorly, sometimes you just start to concentrate a little harder yep. and you try and visualise a little stronger. Mm. And you do all these sort of things and before you know it, your pre-shot routine, it looks like you're trying so bloody hard that you're giving yourself way too much time to actually get the job done. Uh, yeah. Where the pre-shot routine is probably the one that needs to be grooved more than anything else. And the time you spend before you hit a shot. You know, when we all talk about pre-shot routines, everyone from time to time will drive someone else's car. And this is how your mind works. How long does it take when you work out that the indicator's on the wrong side of the mm. car? Quite often, if you, you know, if you're, the indicators on the right, and you're driving a new car with indicators on the left, 
it takes you three days mm. before you actually get the hang of it. And it's just a different way of operating your mind. It takes a while. And that's why when you change your pre-shot, when you change the stuff you do right before you hit a golf shot, it actually takes a little bit of time to work into the new routine. And that's what they're doing. They're stuffing it up. and They don't want to change under pressure. Is my golf.com. Check it out. Did Tiger cheat? It's a really good question. And it's not a question I really want to have the yep. yes answer. But I'll tell you what, many people are suggesting that he did. In a game... In a game where cheating is frowned upon worse than any other sport in the world, there is degrees of cheating in our game. His was a very, very small cheat. But it's a cheat where 2013, he has repeatedly put himself higher than the game. And this is what's happening. Now, I reckon... Most people who saw the ball move, and let's face it, it moved half a centimetre. But it did fall off its axis. That's that. I can wear that. And I can almost wear him thinking that it didn't move because he's got a totally different angle looking down on it. So we'll never know the angle that he had looking down on it. What I can't understand is that when uh, uh, the rules official, what's, uh, what's his name? I'll think of it in a second. Right. When the rules official took Tiger into the caravan after his round and showed him the video footage, he still says yep. it oscillated. Now, that, seeing that's, that's the video footage, there is no way that ball oscillated. Mm. In his mind, when he was looking down at the ball, yeah, maybe it did. But Slugger White, that's the... Slugger. How can I, how can I forget <laughs> that name? Slugger White took yep. him into the van afterwards and said, look at this, Tiger. And Tiger has looked at that footage that we've all seen now. And he said, your ball moved. He goes, no, it didn't. It oscillated. That's, now, I, that, that's when I throw my hands up and go, concern, Tiger... You're putting yourself way that, above this game. That's the concern. In the heat of the moment, you can maybe think yeah. it didn't happen. But yeah. when it's on footage and everyone else has seen it and yeah. thinks, and Tiger Woods is the only man who doesn't think. Now, let's go through concern. the three things this yeah. year. At the start oh. of the year, the Masters. Yeah. Yes. Anybody else in that situation? And this wasn't a cheat by Tiger. No, but anyone else in this situation, the governing body of that tournament would have disqualified them. He got the benefit of doubt because of the confusing new rule. There's a new rule no for, brought in for HDTV. No and but believe me, if Cameron Luke had done the same thing yeah. at the Masters, then you would have been disqualified the next day. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. I forgive Tiger for this one mm. because he would have had to look at the people who run the golf tournament at Augusta and say, you're cheating for me. I don't want that to happen. He would have had to call Augusta cheats if he disqualified himself. I think that's probably too big a thing to do yep. on a whim. So even though the rest of the golfing world and most of his peers were saying... Tiger, you shouldn't be playing this week. Even though that was happening, I, I'm, I'm forgiving him for what happened to the Masters. But you have to be now. You have to be careful. Now there was a tournament I reckon three months ago where he hooked the ball into a hazard, and there was much debate, a lot of debate, whether that ball crossed where he said it crossed, or whether it, you know, didn't cross land at all. Now, the TV footage once again, inconclusive in my thing? eyes. It was a tough angle for the TV. Inconclusive. Uh, you can say, you know, you can say, you can use your best judgment and say that it might have crossed, yes. it didn't cross any land at all. But I'm prepared to say this. Now, he's been in two. When you come to what happened on the weekend at the BMW, when you see that and he tells Slugger White after looking at the vision that the ball oscillated, well, he's now in La La Land yeah. and he is now forging a reputation on that tour that people will remember, remember for a long, long time. 
It's wrong, mate. What's uh, happening? Do people forget it though if he wins a major again? No. Well, look. This it, is the thing. The, the thing is, the thing is that Tiger. The people who watch the game and see the ball move three millimeters, four millimeters, mm-hmm. they go, "Oh, come on, that's not that big a deal." And and it, and those people, I forgive for thinking that way, but when you're the number one player in the world, you've got to actually say, oh, "Geez, that ball did move." My apologies. Hands in the air. From my angle. I, did, I thought it oscillated. Don't give us the, mate, that oscillated. That's wrong. And that is just his state of mind. Who's where I, where I'm, I'm worried about his state of mind more than him cheating for what happened. Who's the PGA Player of the Year right now, Marco? PGA Player of the Year at this very point mm. uh, is Adam Scott. You reckon? Yeah, I do. I mean, uh, Tigers won five times. Hasn't Adam, won a major. Adam Scott thinks he needs to win another tournament to, to be crowned Player of the Year. Well, he's probably that, that'd guarantee it. Yep. But I, I still think he'll he'll get it. Depends who wins this week. I mean, we've got the FedEx Cup mm. uh, to ends a uh, third round today, uh, final round hopefully on Monday. Um, we've got uh, Tiger Woods at number one, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm uh, thinking Adam Scott's number three or four. Uh, Kuchar's up there, I believe. This is up there. Zach Johnson's uh, yep. found his way in there. So those five guys, if one of them can win, can win. I think if Tiger Woods wins then he'll be crowned the player of the year even though he hasn't won a major. I mean, I think the PGA Tour are now putting a lot of stock in their finals. And um, I think if Tiger wins, that'll be his sixth win of the year. He'll be the PGA player of the year even though he didn't win a major. Ismygolf.com, jump online, register for free. You could be heading to Augusta 2014. Well, who's going to win, Marco? Well, I reckon Jason Day is uh, an absolute Monty. Get an on absolute now. absolute Monty. Yeah. Six months out. Get on now. More than six. Get on. Eight. Jason Day to win Augusta. You could be there just, just by jumping wins. on. com. This is the Clubhouse right around Australia. This is the Clubhouse. On the Clubhouse, great golfing moments for Kingston Lynx, the people's course in Roeville. In your life have you seen anything like KingstonLynx.com.au. that? KingstonLynx.com.au, check it out. You've got to head down. Amazing new facilities at the Kingston Lynx driving range. Bunkers, greens, it's been designed to make you feel like you're on the course. And that's what you want from a driving range, Marco. If you're going to work on your game, true. best way to go about it, uh, head down. KingstonLynx.com.au. Now, today's great golfing moment, and mm. great is uh, in inverted commas, because... I got a tweet during the week. What's going on? Got a tweet during the week at Cam at Cam Luke. If you want to uh, ask anything about the clubhouse, or you can find what, what, do, you, what do you mark about Mark Allen? Are you? Uh, at Mark Allen S E N. At Cam Luke, it said, "Love the clubhouse." Right, disappointing. But I, wasn't I included think in that. I have missed something. What is it when you tease Marco about a watch? Please explain. <laughs> so I thought. I don't want to. Here we go. And and you're right, because we do bring it up a lot. Well, I do. You you mm. cringe every time it comes up. But there would be people who haven't heard the original story, who hear us mention it every now and then. So just for the new listeners to the clubhouse, and we thank you for jumping on board, what is the watch story that I occasionally allude to? This is a great golfing moment, Kingstonlinks.com.au. People out there think this is a great golfing story. I was expecting an Augusta moment What happened? Today. A long time ago in the yeah. West Australian Open, yep. Yep. at the start of the week, yep. we were told if you could break the course record yep. at this course called uh, Kuyonga, yes. uh, not excuse me, Lake Karen up yep. in Western Australia, um, if Beautiful you break the course record, it had just been lengthened mm-hmm. for a Johnny Walker Classic. If you break the course record, um, the major sponsor of the tournament was had this watch on offer. I didn't even know what sort of a watch yep. at the time because I didn't think I was going to shoot a course record because yep. I was almost finished. Cool. Anyway, comes the last round. I've gone out uh, that night. 
and got yeah. blind because I thought ones. I thought my golf career was had a over. couple of quiet ones. I thought it was absolutely uh, no, it wasn't a few quiet ones. So they were loud you, and aggressive beers. You were commiserating your golfing career. Yeah, at I had one stage. round to go. Yep. Uh, got in at four o'clock in the morning. Hell no. Hit off uh, in about the sixth or seventh last group, mm-hmm. and uh, ended up shooting thirty on the front nine. Here we go. Then I birdied the next. Here we go. And so I'm seven under through ten holes. And I'm blind. I don't even know where I am. <laughs> oh, no. I managed to hang on uh, the last, uh, how many holes was it? The last eight holes. Eight holes. I played them in one over to shoot 66. Mm. And I came second in the tournament. So at the presentations, this guy comes over with his beautiful Louis Vuitton watch. It says, congratulations for breaking the course record. I wore that watch with such pride yep. because that round, I went from retiring to actually kicking on. I ended up playing in a British Open that year. I qualified, uh, led the qualifying in the British Open. That watch was the symbol of my turnaround. When I retired, I tell you what, even before I retired, the amount of of attention I got in nightclubs because of that Louis Vuitton watch. I was telling people it was worth about 15,000 Now for people who have never heard the story before, hang around because this is where it gets good. Uh, Right, so I've been telling people, (laughs) and when I say people Read Girls, uh, there was a $15,000 yep. watch for a long, yep. long, long, long time. There anyway, I was go. giving a golf lesson, and this would have been uh, a long... I was giving a golf lesson about nine or ten years later after I'd received the watch. Yes. And I'd left the watch on, and I hit a shot, and the watch band broke. Yep, fair enough. Happens. Happens to the it best of the watches. A lot. Yep. So I took it to get fixed. As you do. It's a $15,000 watch you I got, I took Marco. it, of course, to people at Louis Vuitton. Well, you, you have to. It's a Louis Vuitton watch. You Collins just can't in the city. put her down to some alleyway. Anyway, they gave me a call. said, come pick up your watch, Mr. Ellen. So I went down and picked up the watch. They handed me an envelope. <laughs> and on the envelope... Oh, it doesn't matter how many times I hear this. It read, not <laughs> genuine. It's not funny, mate. <laughs> it's not funny. So this watch that I thought was worth about $15,000, this watch that I had won for shooting a course record, the watch that I had been so proud of for so many years... Oh, I love this story. ...was a fake. And just to summarise, you were gone, you went out, you had beers, you thought your career was over, you started 66, uh, probably visually impaired, you got home, well, you got the watch yeah. for shooting a 66, was, you thought it was worth 15 It was a symbol of my life. The momentum carries you all the way to a British Open. Symbol of my life in golf. 10 years, you were spending your time at Boutique and Chevron in Melbourne, telling yep. the girls your $15,000 yeah. watch, you're one of the great golfers yep. of all time. You could have bought it for five bucks in <laughs> Singapore in the back street. <laughs> Well, there you go. Anyone who hadn't heard the story before, you heard it, it now. It didn't need a battery. It so was a human move. It was the best. If that was a fake, it was the best it was fake, a fake in mate. history It was of a fakes. fake. And I love the story because you continue, even though Louis Vuitton said it is not genuine, you continue to believe that it was the I real deal. I did for a while. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then I took it somewhere else and they opened it up and said, no, mate. And that is fake. a great golfing moment. Your 66 is a great golfing moment. And then, you know, it doesn't matter that it's fake, mate. No, it still hurts. I don't like telling that story. Kingstonlinks.com.au. There you Hopefully go. Hopefully it's the people, last time. It's the, the last time. I'm not story, telling the story ever again. <laughs> Thanks for the tweets. Kingstonlinks.com.au. Let's check out a golf course. It's the Clubhouse Golf Course Review for Drum and Golf. Shop in store or online at drumandgolf.com. There are 50 stores right around Australia in Drum and Golf with the biggest range and all the best brands. And I can tell you this right now. If there's not a store near you, all you need to do is jump online drumandgolf.com and you will find what you need. 
Did you play Heritage during the week, Mark? Yeah, I did. I played it yesterday. Yep. Played it uh, at the Heritage, and uh, it was a magnificent. Like it is a magnificent golf course. Yep. So I've, I've, my brother was actually responsible for selling memberships before it was even built. Uh, David Inglis was out there. Jack Nicholas came out to open the golf course up. It's a Jack Nicholas golf course. If you haven't heard, it's in the it's in the Yarra Valley here in Australia in wine country. A lot of people actually you know, stay there and and do the wine one day and play golf the next. It's a magnificent golf course that is now in full bloom. You know, when you build a new golf course, it takes a little while for things to settle. Well, things are well and truly settling. Um, some of the some of the great holes on the golf course, and uh, they have room. You know, you have room to play, which is important these days. I mean, so many golf courses in this country were built on small blocks of land. Then they start planting trees, and all of a sudden, you know, you've got no room to actually hit your golf ball. Mm. This is not the case at the Heritage. It is an absolute sensation. My favourite hole in this golf course is the tenth hole. Uh, I reckon for people who've been playing for a while, or single-figure golfers, they probably hit a three-wood down to a corner. Then you've got to hit a little wedge across um, a, a water or a little bit of a creek there. Mm-hmm. It is a sensational. And then the next hole, the par three, is again another par three with water at the side. But on the left-hand side, it's a cliff right behind uh, the green. It is a sensational place to play your golf. If you're coming down to Melbourne and you haven't played it, Put it on the list. Make sure you stay out there as well. But the golf course itself is an absolute beauty. It's a place where you can play in carts as well. So that's uh, that's always a big tick for some people. Anything that needs to be added? Uh, well, they've got a second course out there. Mm-hmm. And the second course isn't as popular as the first. The Why? Why not? Oh, I just didn't quite work out, I don't think. Right. But you know, I'll give it time. It's a mm-hmm. brand new golf course. I'll give that one time. But the St. John course, the one that's been there for a long time, the members love it. Visitors love it. I loved it yesterday. And if you haven't played it as yet, make sure you put it on the list because it's one of the best getting around in Australia. How'd you play? Played pretty good. Mm. Couple under. Quick, fast, slow, Jim Furyk style? No, no, no. no, Very quick. The members were fantastic. I was lucky to play on a member day. Very lucky. Very, very lucky. Drumandgolf.com. Jump on. Fast greens too. Fast greens. Beautiful fairways. The bunkers are fantastic. And you can really see... You know, if you know what you're doing, it's a Jack Nicholas golf course in every sense. 50 stores Australia-wide. That is Drum and Golf. Or jump online, drumandgolf.com. The biggest range on all the best brands. That's what Drum and Golf does. If you're a first-time golfer, we've been playing for 30 years. Drumandgolf.com. Marco's Masterclass. And it doesn't matter how long you've been playing for, Marco's Masterclass always hits the spot, as does the mm. Melbourne Parkview Hotel. And they've extended their $199 weekend refuel package. So make sure you break the petrol price hike. Jump on parkviewhotel.com.au. Righto, uh, today we're talking about fairway woods, and I'm going to tell you how to hit them. Now, if you are a great player and hit the ball a long way, the chances are that you release very, very late into the golf ball. And when, that means your hands work extremely late like the pros do. Yep. If you, if you are a golfer like this, the golf ball position with a fairway wood should be a little bit more forward in the stance. But if you are a weekend warrior and you know 97% of people are weekend warriors, True. and I even put myself in that category these days, I don't hit the ball as late nearly as I used to, if this is the case, then the ball should only be just slightly forward of centre. So many people have read old magazines or tips in newspapers given by professional golfers. Professional golfers have the latest release you can ever imagine. That's why the ball is best hit from a forward position because you won't dig into the ground, you won't take a big divot with any of the clubs. But if you don't have a late release, if you're a short-ish or a medium hitter of a golf ball, even if you're a medium hitter of the golf ball, I guarantee you haven't got a late release anymore. So the ball shouldn't be played 
from the front of the stance. It should be more towards the back. If I I tell everybody um, who is a medium hitter of a golf ball, and my, look, and believe me, 98, 99% of people are a medium hitter of the golf ball, yep. that if the golf ball is on the ground, no matter what club you're hitting with, have the club in the center of your stance and the ball slightly forward of center for every single club in the bag. So most people do that for irons, but when the fairway woods come out, they try and put the ball forward. Don't do that anymore. If you're a medium hitter of a golf ball, and I'm talking about length, make sure the ball is further back in your stance, maybe just center, just just forward of center. Because the club should be in the center, ball slightly forward of center. That's how you hit fairway woods. And that's how you hit hybrids as well. So ball position, very, very important for the longer shots when you've got woods and hybrids in your hand. Parkviewhotel.com.au. All thanks to those guys. Head down $199 weekend roof fuel package. That is Marco's Masterclass. And if you've got a question, golfacrockmedia.com. Mm. This is the Clubhouse. Welcome back to the Clubhouse. Right around Australia, it is Mark Allen and Cam Luke talking all things golf. Golfacrockmedia.com to ask Marco anything you like. About the game, and mm. uh, earlier this week, who did you catch up with, Marco? Nathan Holman. Oh. Now, this kid's 22 years old. He's the number two amateur in the country, but not for very long. Yes. He's turning professional. Good. Myself and Tim Moore, who is the chairman of the Victorian PGA, caught up with Nathan, uh, and it went a little bit like this. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we've got a young bloke on the line. His name is Nathan Holman. He's from the Woodlands Golf Club. Uh, he's won a Victorian uh, Amateur Championship, wow. the Riversdale Cup, which is a biggie. Isn't that an And the Master of the Amateurs is now one of the biggest amateur tournaments in the world, not just here in Australia. His name's Nathan Holman, and he joins us. Uh, good on you, Nathan. Thanks for your time tonight. That's not a problem, guys. Hey, uh, we hear you're off tomorrow. Uh, I know you uh, your first tournament's over in WA. Um, uh, what are you off to tomorrow, Nathan? What's happening there? Uh, tomorrow afternoon, I'm leaving to go to European Tour School. So the first stage is in Italy. Uh, so 3.30 p.m. flight for me tomorrow. Right. And so how many stages? I mean, that, that's unusual, Nathan. I mean, most blokes, uh, you know, with uh, your background and, and your pedigree, they, they all want to go over to the States. What makes you want to go to Europe? Or are you, you going to cover both bases? Uh, no. I've uh, In the last two years, I've, I've preferred playing more in Europe than the States. I just feel a little more at home. I just feel, yeah, like it feels a little, little more homey over there. And I, um, I mean, I want to obviously get to the US tour as my main goal, but I want to play through the European. Um, I mean, it's it's a good place to learn how to play golf. It's more three-dimensional, I guess. Mm. Your background, I mean, is uh, that types of golf courses that are over there, Nathan, is uh, you, does that make you feel more comfortable, whether it be Britain and Europe? I know there's a variety of them. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Well, I mean, growing up on the Melbourne Sandbelt, you get used to a pretty hard and fast golf course and mm. you can um sometimes get caught out in america where the ball i mean it's just all carry all just the stops and then the greens are really soft so i think it's something i've i've been brought up with and i'm probably a little more familiar with to be uh to begin with so tell us about the first stage at uh, the european tour school because i mean things are changing so quickly there's no u.s tour school anymore for the for the u.s pga tour only the web.com what's the process now for europe uh the process i've got three stages so first stage i leave for tomorrow and then i'll have a month between first and second stage and then second and third run back to back weeks so, so how many get through first stage uh we don't know yet until we get there it's a percentage of the field so until we tee it up in the first round we don't know so right that's, on. The, that's the catch there nathan have you done much qualifying before i know you're leading amateur but you've had to 
any of the uh, major events or any Australian Opens and things that you've you may not have to qualify in that. But no, done a bit lucky of... and lucky. Luckily enough, I've never mm. really had to. I did try and qualify for a Victorian Open when I was about fifteen, and it okay. didn't go to plan. But no, I haven't done too much qualifying oh. as of yet. Well, let's hope, Nathan, you just do it this once and let's forget about it. <laughs> That'd yeah, be nice. Let's hope it's all uh, smooth sailing. So, so Nathan, tell us about um, you know what what what, you, what you've got in store coming up. I mean, obviously, you've got this European Tour School coming up. Are the Australian tournaments going to look after you? Are you going to get nice invites into some of these, uh, you know, the Western Australian Opens, Vic Opens, Vic PGAs? Are they all set up for you? Uh, yeah, well, I've got my first event is the WA PGA, so I was lucky enough for the PGA to uh, extend me an invite to play in that event, uh, I've got the Masters has been confirmed. Uh, the Australian Open, I'm going to try and get a spot, whether I have to qualify or hopefully I'm lucky enough to get an invite. Um, but other than that, I mean, I've got a pretty full, it's pretty full on for the tour school. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be back and forth from Europe. So there's not going to be a hell of a lot of time to be playing too many other events. So the Australian PGA, are you, is that when you're away? Nathan? Uh, no, the Australian PGA, I, uh, I'm not sure where I stand on that because obviously just turned, I've, uh, I don't have any status of such. Oh, but... Nathan, mate, you're talking to the right uh, bloke here, mate. Uh, the yeah, chairman of the Victorian PGA. I mean, it'd be an honour to be able to play. <laughs> now you're talking, Nathan. Just keep sweet talking. I'm just going to uh, talk to our CEO now. Just... That's almost a bit of begging your voice there, Nathan. I love it. Hey, Nathan, tell us about your game. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a big step up from the amateur game uh, to to playing four-rounders. Uh, let's say you get through to the European Tour School. What do you think you need to really get up and going to, to make a well make a name for yourself first or second year out on that European Tour? What what needs to get just that little bit better? Uh, I mean, you hear it a lot. I think it's mainly from inside of 100 metres. It's the scoring it's the scoring game from inside of 100. So, I mean, a lot of guys can hit the ball on the fairway and, I mean, manage to hit the ball on the green with the irons, but Inside of 100, you, if you get your wedges close and, and you hold a lot of putts, you, you'll make some money. And tell me this, Nathan, a young bloke uh, out there for the first time, why don't you just tell us what's in a... Uh, how old are you now, 22? 22, yeah. Tell us what's in a 22-year-old's golf bag these days. Uh, I, I reckon it might have been a little bit different to when uh, uh, Timmy here and I turned pro <laughs> a long, long time ago. Yeah. What's in the golf bag? Uh, I've just got the clubs. Uh, and what's, what, what, degree, what degree loft in the driver? I've got a ten and a half degree driver. Right, okay. Into, he launches uh, it then. Into a three wood at fifteen degrees. Yeah. Uh, two iron through the pitching wedge. You've got the butter knife. No, yeah. uh, no hybrid. No, no. Carried the two iron and then. He's a, fl- like he's a flusher, Mark. Mate, it's a yeah. bit like it's exactly like our bag, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> we used to have yeah. a one iron and and a fifty six degree. That wedge. is true. That was that was as lofted as it got. How many wedges you got, Nate? Uh, I've got the two wedges, fifty four and a sixty degree. Right, eh? Well, it's a pretty yeah. basic setup, mate. Well, you got the X one hundreds, the old X one hundreds. You got something fancy in the uh, shafts? Uh, I've got a KBS. Right, eh? So, yeah, the X? To the, yeah, the X, yeah. And which one? Has it got the steps in it or have you gone the other way? Yeah, no, I have, I've got the steps. Right, right. so... You so, give the company a plug too. What? Yeah, who is it? The which, sorry? Which, your company, which company is it? I, I play Titleist. Right, eh? Now, tell me, tell me this, Nathan. Um, have you ever played with a hybrid in the, in the bag instead of the, instead of the two-iron or a, a Tiger yeah. Woods five-wood or something like that? I have, yeah. I, um, I played a little bit in the U.S., this last summer with a five wood in the bag uh, and probably a year and a half ago I tried a hybrid 
and I just didn't quite like the look of the hybrid. I mean, I, I felt like I'd had a chance, it had more of a chance to go left, so mm, which yeah. is sort of where I try and stay away from. So I I went back to the two iron. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't matter what upbringing you've got. Some people are five wood people, yeah. and others are hybrid people. I mean, when you when I look Nathan, when I look at um, someone like Tiger Woods, I would never ever 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 have expected Tiger to have a five wood in his golf bag. I thought he would have been a hybrid guy all the way. But Nathan, he's exactly like you. He looks down at a hybrid and and can't cop it. I'm a bit the same. I'm a five wood person. I didn't think I'd ever be a five wood person, but it's the best thing that I've ever done. I got both. You I got, got both. Five, <laughs> hybrid, so I don't know what I am, but anyway. So tell us about the two iron, mate. I mean, you've got the. Uh, what, I imagine you're using the um, the X, uh, the golf ball. Yeah, the, yeah. So yeah, the Pro V X. I've got the Tightless uh, Seven Twelve Utility, the new, the new iron. Right. Oh wow. So not too I mean, bad. Yeah, I mean that's um, helped me get the ball right a little higher, launching a little higher. Uh, the carry distance is obviously going a little further with the with the new clubs and. I mean, I'm really happy with it. Right, Nathan. I'm going to give you a little scenario so we get the picture here. You, you, you know the Augusta Golf Course, right? Yep. You're on the 15th hole. You've hit a pretty good drive right down the right hand side, and you've got 230 yards down that hill to uh, get to the centre of the green. It's about 210 to carry the water. Yep. Um, your caddy hands you the butter knife two iron. Comfy hitting it over the water? Yeah. Yeah, for now. Yeah, maybe put me put Let, me right on the fairway, and in that sort of situation, maybe not. But sitting here, I'm very happy to hit that shot. Right, left, nice. left to right breeze. Yeah, even better. Oh, okay. <laughs> love it. So you get the two iron up because I mean, you know, with the new ball, it's designed not to spin with the longer clubs and the driver and the three wood and the and the hybrids and the two irons. It's designed, you know, hardly to spin at all. So. The, the, you can obviously you, you launch the ball pretty well. You're a long hitter, as far as the amateurs are concerned. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not short by any means. I, I'm not the longest, but I'm, I probably sit somewhere in between, which is mm. I'm yeah, quite right. happy with. I mean, I'm not out there looking for to be the longest player on tour. And what about uh, body wise, Nathan? Uh, you know, if you go in the rooms after uh, Adam Scott finishes his round these days, uh, they've got the big weights out. They're looking after their core and. If you're lucky, mate, you've got the big biceps too, and attracting movie stars just like Adam Scott. What what sort of a, what sort of stuff are you doing in the gym? Yeah, um, I hit the gym quite often. I mean, I've got I trained at the VIS in Melbourne, so we're in the gym on a Monday and Thursday morning, lifting pretty heavy weights. Nice so work. Yeah, I mean, I try and get in there as often as I can. This is the Clubhouse. Welcome back to the Clubhouse. Is my golf.com. Check it out. Register for free. You could be heading to Augusta. It's that simple. Ismygolf.com. Mm. Marco. Yes. Before we get out of here. Don't get me started on what I think you're going to get me started on, mate. What do you think I'm going to get you started on? The wraparound tour oh, yeah. and viewers tour. Oh, well, well, I'm, I'm not necessarily want to mate, fire you up long putter Jim Furyk style, but I, I want to know what the hell's going on. I have been talking and writing articles for yep. the last eight years mm-hmm. saying yep. we're in trouble if our biggest tournaments are going to go down the line of one Asia. Well, now it's an absolute certainty because the US tour does not it's not a calendar year anymore. The US Tour is now a wraparound tour, which means Tour Championship ends tomorrow, mm-hmm. small break. Then the new season starts not in 2014. starts in October 2013. Why? Why? Because they're just going to get more tournaments. So what's happened is they got rid of the Tour School. Yep. That's why we had a normal year last yes. year. This year the Tour School's gone. 
So they still want to have 46, 47 tournaments. I mean, next year there's 46 tournaments on the US tour. Now, what that means is that if you're a fringe player in America, then you're going to be playing tournaments in America. You won't come back for the Masters. The Masters is an overlap tournament. Uh, the Australian Open and also the Australian PGA, at the moment, they're not involved. So the, 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 And also the World Cup that's being played in uh, at Royal Melbourne, yes. that's their last tournament of 2013, which is you know about the eighth tournament of the wraparound year. So what we are in real danger of, if the US Tour decides to put some more tournaments in October and November, which they could easily do, and they could do that, you know, in South America where they where they've got their um, prongs in now. They could even do something down here. But if our biggest tournaments are now going to clash with the US tour events, then we are in real it's trouble. Tough. We need to get in. I mean, if we got in with the with the US tour, it'd be a dream. But if we're not going down that path, we need to get our biggest tournaments involved in the European tour. And I've said it a thousand times. No one's listening. That if we the European Tour, we went to South Africa and then they came across and played four tournaments in Australia yep. in, say, February. And then off you go through the uh, Arab countries. Away you go. And, so and, and our go. four big tournaments, and I'm talking about the Perth International, which is a big tournament and it's part of the European Tour, Masters, Open and Australian PGA, if they were all a leg of the European Tour, all played, in, like I said, in mm -hmm. February, or let's say March, then we're away, and we are we are hooked up with the second biggest tour in the world, and a tour that has great respect. And believe me, the fields would change. Will it happen, though, Marco? I, 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 I know we have spoken about crossed, this mate. a million fingers times. Fingers crossed yeah, it happens. I, I know we're we're praying it happens. But I mean, but our tournaments. Is it realistic to believe that it could happen? Well, if I was running the tour, yeah. it'd be done tomorrow. If I was running Oof. the PGA here in this country, it would be done tomorrow. All of our smaller tournaments, I'd have mm -hmm. leading up to Christmas. So pretty much from now until Christmas, yeah. we have the smaller tournaments. Yeah. You'd, you'd you'd work out to where, off that order of merit system, maybe the top player, the top twenty players off those uh, state opens and PGAs, they got into the big four European events, and there's a pathway for you to get onto the European tour. It is, in in my view, the only way to go. The one Asia I, circuit is. I'm not uh, unless there, unless I, unless there's something happening that I don't know I'm about. I'm not disagreeing is, with you. Is, is a nowhere tour. I'm not disagreeing one little bit. What you're saying, what you've continued to say, makes sense. But what uh, or what is the realistic chance that this could actually happen? If Is it, it happening? Are they working behind the scenes? The European tour craves tournaments like yeah, ours. They do. Tournaments with history. So why aren't we tournaments in, now, in big it, Tournaments in great weather and tournaments on magnificent golf courses. Mm. They crave the events like that. It wouldn't be hard to, to get a shuffle happening to where... You know, you had a real uh, South Southern Hemisphere yep. leg. South Africa into Australia, up through Asia and the Emirates, and then away you go. And, you know, Europe's been great. They've had actually had tournaments against each True. other in the same... Even if we did that, we're better off doing that than anything else. And believe me, not everyone's going to come down to Australia. We know that. And that's why... But you know what happens. That's why you could have that that second secondary tour... Yes with the top 20 or 25 players getting into some European but tour if, events. If, if we're aligned to the European tour and players don't come for whatever reason, it gives it guys... us. Yeah, of course it does, because it gives guys in Australia a chance yeah, to win these European tour that's events. That's exactly right. Become, um, Marco, it's it's got to happen. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. On that note, we're getting out of here. Here's mygolf.com. Jump on, Marco. Have a wonderful week. You too, buddy.